Good morning, everybody. It's Friday, March 12th. I'm Charlie Fink. It's This Week in XR with Paramount Futurist Ted Shilowitz and our special guest this week, Chandra Devam. Hi, Chandra. Good morning. Hi, good morning. Great to have you back. It's good to be back. It's nice to see you both again virtually. <laughs> yeah, we enjoyed you last time, so we thought we would bring you back for more fun. I enjoyed it a lot last time. I'm, it was one of my favorite interviews, actually, or host or whatever we're doing here podcast it was good let's start friday morning recorded phone call and we take what the news gives us and uh, what we can uh, squeeze out of our guests so um I, i really interested in hearing uh what's going on with you guys but let's let's start with the week's news and pico raised 37 million dollars which is a heck of a lot of dough particularly for an xr company although not for a hardware company, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. hardware is mad expensive. Uh, this is a standalone headset that has similar specs, I think, to the Oculus Quest, but is optimized for enterprise and education use uh, and doesn't require that it be tethered to your personal smartphone. Right, I think people are, you know, I think what's, what's nice for us as an industry is that we are going to have an industry. It will not just be an industry of one. Uh, yeah. and, it, and it's important to have different points of view, different hardware, you know, albeit they're, they're sort of the vanilla specs that can say this is similar to this and this is similar to this. They'll find their path. And to your point, Charlie, enterprise industrial use cases, both what we call light, medium, and heavy for various use cases. Um, it, I, I would say it's just on a really even, helpful, positive trajectory. More people are discovering what the three of us and many others have discovered about the power of virtual reality simulation devices is they can be used for productivity and socialization and connectivity and not just gaming and fun, right? And so it's nice to have a couple of entrants in there playing playing it out. They, they yeah. used to be in the consumer business. I think they're optimized for enterprise now. Yeah, correct. So it's good. We think it's a good step. Yeah, I'd agree. I think that you, um, the more people you get coming into the industry, especially with hardware, the more standards you get that it, it kind of like this, this headset will have this feature, this headset will have this feature, and you start to raise the bar a little bit um, on everything. So I think it's great. Mm-hmm. More the merrier. <laughs> yeah, here's, here's a news item that I actually was a little excited about. In free roam VR, where you wear a backpack, mm-hmm. Headset and it's tracking the room and the people around you. That is the one true fully immersive VR. Mm-hmm. Right? That is that is the holodeck, as opposed to being in your living room. Yes. And you know the business has been all of location based entertainment, but particularly LBVR mm-hmm. has absolutely been devastated by the shutdown of public places during the pandemic. Oh, of course. Zero latency which was the first, which has spent the least amount of time promoting themselves, has quietly opened their 52nd location worldwide. Mm-hmm. I think that is kind of an incredible, incredible number. And it speaks to the power of, of free roam VR. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and as we but, move through the, the tail end of, hopefully the tail end of the, the pandemic, and I guess we have to be careful of the variants and the new pieces and parts of this that may end up making that tail longer than anybody wants. But, you know, the idea that there are companies, like you said, quietly working in the background to find their business veins and, 
you know, it's it's not all about the press and the noise. Sometimes it's just about getting back to work and finding that business and finding that customer base uh, mm-hmm. and knowing that you know at some point people will be safe enough to do this at scale. And in the meanwhile, they can keep these devices safe and they can keep people far enough apart. And you know, you wear a mask on this part of your face and you wear this kind of mask on this part of your face and you're six feet apart from other people. You can probably do this relatively, you know, safely. Um, it's like there's there's some interesting statistics from the theme parks themselves that are opening that you know people for the most part are being pretty cognizant uh, and you know the theme parks are opening at only partial capacity and stuff but it's not from what I've read and this I could be wrong about this because I'm not an expert at this at all this is not where people are getting it is you know even though they are in the same space together when there are rules that are applied and there is a high level of awareness mm-hmm. um, it's a relatively you know, cognizant, safe environment to do these things. So I think you're going to start to see these kinds of entertainment start to come back into the world. Which is great for all because, because they're really, you know, the free roam guys are really uh, on the cutting edge mm-hmm. and solving a big problem in VR immersion. And, uh, you know, the benefit of that may be enough to get people out of the home and into a shared headset which can be sterilized safely. But I think many people were like, you know what, I've got a Quest at home. I don't need to do it, even if it's totally sanitized. It's just, it won't be worth it to them. So we'll see, Uh, you know, the the problem with location-based VR is that they have such narrow margins uh, Mm -hmm. that that any drop-off in business could be devastating to them. Uh, Interesting new Mac rumors this week. Uh, I don't know, something must really be happening because we've got new Mac rumors every week. And it used to be they'd, they'd kind of dribble out every six or eight weeks, but now they seem to be coming every week. I like this one because it validates the thing I've been saying for three years, which is fall 2022, pass-through, not see-through, mm-hmm. and a limited app store which has in it what they view to be the most important apps. And guess which app is number one? Telepresence. Hmm. Hello, Microsoft Mesh. Mm-hmm. Maybe they know something. Yeah. I, I will say this. I spent the week becoming familiar with Mesh. And uh, some I haven't done it yet. That's the problem. But throw out what Microsoft showed you. Uh, my friend Mike Potts uh, actually got it working on his HoloLens. And what it is, is a way for people on a HoloLens to get into a simulation with people in alt space. Yes. And I've done it and, it, and it does work, and it and is it is effective. Uh, it is not. I wouldn't say it's to your point, Charlie. I wouldn't say it's anything groundbreaking. Uh, it mm-hmm. is very much the evolution of alt space VR chat, you know, and the, the Facebook horizons and everything else that they're doing. Um, and it's interesting that you make the point about you know the key like driver of this is the social component, which if you go all the way back to the Zuckerberg thesis. Right. Uh, while he's playing the game in all kinds of interesting ways, and they're now generating valid income from it, his original thesis was the evolution of the computer platform will allow people to connect in a way that feels more real in the future. And that was worth, you know, in 2014, a two plus billion dollar bet and billions of dollars of resources since then. And they still continue with that thesis. That thesis has not broken away. Um, you know, and I think what's going to happen with Apple, you and I have talked about this privately, and it's, there's nothing wrong with sort of speculating about this. I think the first device that Apple releases will be less than amazing. It will be fantastic in some Appleized ways because Apple <clears throat> executes really well, but people won't really see this unbelievable like sea change 
um, on their first device. My instinct is it's not the first one, it's the second one that they come out with that will be the unbelievable aspirational, where have you been all my life moment. It yeah. probably won't be the first one. And I think it's like, even now we have to start managing expectations about what pass through is going to be versus what true. Let's also be clear that they're working, it's, they are clearly working on multiple devices. All the patents do not go together. Yeah. So the 3000 device may be some other line of business that they're developing. We've talked uh, about the Mac rumors about uh, developing an, uh, you know, disrupting the eyeglass business. Mm -hmm. And it really could make a substantial, you know, all day, every day glasses. I might pay $3,000 for them, but certainly- well, you and uh, I will certainly have them, Charlie, and, and developers <laughs> like us, you know, will not, be involved yeah. in it. But I just think it's important to know that the, that the trajectory of what they're doing is going to be likely way more important than their first offering. That's my instinct about it. Mm -hmm. So Roblox went public this week. Yeah. Um, I, I got my hands on a little bit of it. Um, yeah, I'm going to Popped out of the hole at uh, $70 a share. Uh, mm -hmm. So we're up three bucks. Uh, but, um, you know, they got a billion dollars a year of revenue. So mm -hmm. uh, that's pretty incredible considering... All their content is made by their users. So it's the sort of ultimate expression of UGC. Well, and I don't know if you know, but I have a school program that I run. Um, and the kids in my class, like I have got, it's a computing programming class that I run. They're always on it. Like they're like, let's, can we, can we do Roblox? I'm like, I don't, okay. <laughs> I guess you're building, it's fine. It's like kids are addicted to it and love it. And I think it's a way for them to creatively build and express things. So I think it's good. It's basically like Lego. So um, yeah, I, I think it's great. It's well I got some too. <laughs> it has really well-developed community aspects. Yeah. So good on those guys. Uh, another, um, uh, another digital billionaire is born. Uh, so hopefully he will uh, spread that around for all of us and, and in particular for his employees and his fans. Uh, mm -hmm. So go Roblox. Um, an NFT, a Beeple, who's a, who's a highly regarded artist, uh, mm -hmm. sold for $69 million. I say this every week. What the hell is going on? <laughs> yeah. And, and I, uh, I made reference. I've told a few friends of mine. Uh, if you're interested in what's really going on, watch an HBO documentary from a couple years back called The Price of Everything. Uh, yeah. It's pretty illuminating. It is pre the knowledge of like what folks like us that were technologists understood about when there is a blending of what we consider the real world and the digital world, digital mm -hmm. things, once you can attach real you know, value through something like the blockchain so that they cannot be reproduced over and over again, that there are what we call originals or in our world, lithos, right? You can make yeah. a, a limited run and it is truly a limited run. If you only make a hundred, there's only a hundred legit ones. You can look at the fake ones on, on the internet, but the real ones are actually tied to, the, to, to a ledger, to the blockchain. So they're real, they have reality to them, right? Um, and, and the precursor to that, like before the, the buzz of NFTs kind of shot straight up like the hockey stick, uh, was this really interesting documentary called The Price of Everything that uh, gives you some insights as to what's really going on and uh, you know who is spending money and why are they spending money on these things? Because it, it's an asset. It, it's, it's not just necessarily that they want to support the arts. They're actually they buying a speculative asset. Another crazy Bitcoin billionaire. Uh, <laughs> and maybe they can. 
so uh, last news story, and then we'll we'll jump in uh, to the news from Chandra. But uh, South by Southwest is next week. I'm getting all sorts of pictures popping up <laughs> in my Facebook and elsewhere. This is you a year ago. This is you three years ago. I know. <laughs> I love South by Southwest. It's one of the highlights of my year. I'm I'm looking forward to them being in the real next year. But uh, they, you know, and they have this thing called virtual cinema, which is, of course, why we we must go. Uh, and it's certainly uh, many of the things that we've seen in many of the people we've spoken with at places like Sundance. Um, but uh, they do a very good job curating it most years. Again, they're mm -hmm. like us, they have to take what the year gives them. Um, and this year they have some good stuff. And so the, the thing I'm most excited about is they did little downtown Austin in VR. And that is how you navigate to the VR experiences. So if you haven't bought a ticket for Virtual South by Southwest, uh, it's mad cheap compared to the regular South by yeah. South, which is a thousand bucks. And so uh, uh, recommend you go check them out. Um, so also Sean, Charlie GDC, there's a virtual GDC next week too. Uh, oh, that is, at the same time, because that always falls in the reality world of the March step. They're doing right. a virtual GDC precursor too, uh, same week. Yeah, very, very, very good point. So Shandra, tell us what's going on with you. Well, besides, you know, with being being stuck in Canada for a little bit here, um, we've been building and refocusing some of the stuff we do. So we are working towards some human trials and clinical trials with what we do, um, which is the surgical overlay um, autonomous radiology. Um, but we're doing some interesting stuff with mental health that I think I touched on last time where we're wanting to image and measure the chemical makeup of your brain. Um, so we're further along with that. We're further along with imaging some mining stuff. So like imaging a rock and looking at what's inside of it um, versus having to drill in. That's the stuff that you got um, the Department of Defense and NASA so excited about. At some of it, yeah. As well as like, um, I don't know if you guys covered what happened with um, SpaceX at all. Um, oh, yeah. So I, I also image rockets or engines to see if there's any deficiencies that would stop things like that from happening. For, uh, uh, just for a moment, for those that might have not have heard last time you came on, you may want to back up and tell yeah. you know, where they, what the name of your company is, the website. Oh, how sure. They yeah, I guess I'll do that. Instead of just assuming people know me. Um, so yeah. I'm the CEO and one of the founders of ErisMD. Um, we started off as a medical company, which does, basically I'm an imaging company, um, but we started off, our first vertical was medicine and it was taking MRI or CT scans. And rather than what they were doing was looking at segments of the data, we look at the whole image and display the whole image but versus little spatially. bits of image. Pardon? You do it spatially. Yes. Um, <laughs> so... We were then at South by Southwest, um, I guess it was two years ago. Uh, and um, we won a big award with NASA because they said, if you can do this with people, couldn't you do this with rockets and engines and airplane wings and maybe rocks or, and we went, oh yeah, I guess we should. And really that should have um, occurred to me growing up in the oil patch in an industrial area where you know, you're looking at ground. Um, you're in Edmonton. I'm in Edmonton, yeah. Hi everyone from Edmonton. Um, but but we have oil pipelines here where you use industrial X-ray, and I should have I should have put that together, but I didn't until NASA said, "Can't you do that?" Um, and we said, "Yeah, absolutely." And then we went on to win more NASA awards, 
and we love that and and you know everyone got very excited about this stuff we'd done because my brilliant partner was able to do some stuff in software that hadn't been done before and people had been trying so it was like the holy grail of some imaging which computes really well into XR because we get depth perception. So it's nice on a flat screen to look at a person or a rocket, but it's way better if you go into VR and you can look around and go, oh wait, there's the crack. That's how we repair that. So that's what we do. We've been, we've been refining it, making it um, even more powerful, which is nice because you don't often get a chance to do that mid startup. It's usually done at the beginning, then you launch, then you're running with the business. But this gave us a chance to pump the brakes on the business a little bit and go back to building and saying, okay, let's tailor to this to rocks. Let's tailor this to engines. Um, so we've been doing that. Uh, we're starting to gear up for series A um, and some government contracts, which coincide. So that's good. Um, busy, actually, I was, I've been busy this year, but in a different way. So I do a lot of Zoom meetings, which I find is very productive. You can pack in a lot more Zoom meetings in one day than you can personal meetings because um, oh, you end up chatting this, you know, and travel. So it's been good. I'm, I'm excited that things are starting to open up again and airplanes are going to be possible. However we do it, it'll be good and I can scan them. Yeah, great. that's great. I'm excited to see your progress. Very yeah, good. yeah, it's been, uh, it's been good. And it's interesting. I thought that the interesting part for me, if I were to speculate a couple of years ago, if somebody said there's going to be a pandemic, I would have thought that investment would have dropped off. But actually investment's very frothy right now. Like investors are all over it, um, especially, and I should say that I'm in a space that they're interested in with, with, with health tech, aerospace. Like those are areas that don't drop off in a pandemic. It becomes more interesting. Um, but it, it's an interesting thing to also be starting to talk about how do we structure Series A during a pandemic? How do we meet with investors just with Zoom? Because it's a lot more effective when you can go in person and do a demo, but yeah. Well, I just think as a as a sector, you know, what we would refer to as advanced imaging in all forms mm -hmm. um, is always an important part of the the investment thesis because it is a very very large part of of our economy in so many ways. Is mm -hmm. how do we create images? How do we view images? How do we deliver images? And then, to your point, with a company like yours and many others, how do we evolve that process from this two dimensional? you know, used to be CRT devices mm -hmm. to mm -hmm. now flat screen, single pixel thin devices mm -hmm. uh, and various technologies to what comes next, which is some sort of spatial use case for many things, right? Mm -hmm. And in the medical field, doctors, nurses, practitioners of all forms have been yearning for something beyond a two dimensional display to look and understand what is going on with their patients and their bodies um, and what we can deliver now still like is still edge casing, right? It's like they still have to put this thing on their face and it's kind of a learning curve. Um, and so they default back to that 2D world often, but we're starting to break through. We're starting mm -hmm. to get a lot of institutions, like I'm on the board of a, of a large cancer research center that is like, I'm responsible for helping them not so much with the technology specifically, but understanding how to like get them comfortable with using these tools so that they become part of their everyday makeup and then they can learn and benefit themselves and their patients from it. So it's less about the hardcore tech, it's more about that social fabric of the tech where the doctors and the nurses are just as comfortable putting on something on their face as they would now holding up a tablet or looking at a, at a, a high resolution 
4K or 8K monitor. So you're on the right, you're in the right sector. <laughs> you know, it's a really interesting thing to, to pursue. What I always loved about RSMD technology, and I think this was actually your original inspiration for starting the company, was that using a head-mounted display, a see-through whole lens Magic Leap type device, you are able to uh, map the, um, the three-dimensional image directly yeah. onto the patient. Yeah. Millimeter accuracy. So yeah. they exactly where the tumor is, what is its orientation to the yeah. incision, so that you know surgical error being the leading cause of death in hospitals could third. be oh, the third leading cause of third death. Third leading cause of death overall is is uh, medical avoidable medical error. Yeah. Wow. So if any if any of the listeners are interested in this and want to see some visuals of this stuff in action, there's a number of YouTube videos and resources from mm -hmm. a hospital in the middle of the country called Case Western, it's tied to a big university. Uh, and they've been pioneers uh, using the HoloLens for medical overlay stuff, what Charlie's just referring to. So you can you can see Microsoft, some of their work in action. Microsoft choose, has chosen several universities to work with and, and Case mm -hmm. Western yes. is among the first. Uh, they have others now, ASU uh, is one, I think Stanford. So, um, mm -hmm. you know, I think this is obviously something that is going to explode at some point soon. So we're just seeing the beginning of that. Uh, anyway, that's what we've got. It's March 12th. Thanks, everybody. And we'll see you next Friday morning. Chandra, I miss you. I miss you. This is usually the week where, you know, I get to spend all this great time with you. So next year. All right. <laughs> Thanks for joining us, everybody. Thank and you. See you next week. See you next week. Cheers.